Welcome back to Townley Money Basics, the show that takes this concept of money and breaks it down into itty bitty pieces so I can understand it better, and hopefully you can too. Today we're going to talk about digital wallets. Digital wallet is an electronic wallet service that allows users to store and send and receive money with their mobile. So let's go over this. I mean, this is kind of the latest in the evolution of money and how you carry it going forward. There was cash. Actually, before that, there was bartering. And bartering still goes on even today. I mean, you can see stuff like that with uh, with Craigslist or you know Facebook Marketplace or eBay. I mean, there, there are ways. I mean, yeah, eBay, I guess, is more of an auction. But there's definitely places like OfferUp where you can, you can pay money or maybe you can barter for something. Uh, so, so the bartering was probably the oldest way of for us to exchange goods and services, and there was cash. And then, uh, not too long ago, credit cards came on the scene, and now we're even starting to see those be replaced. I mean, they're they're still our accounts and stuff; they're still held by banks, but now they're being replaced with these digital wallets, so you don't have to theoretically carry a physical wallet. But we're going to go into the pros and cons of each, and we're going to talk about digital wallets and where they're going. You know, they've been out for a few years now. People are getting a little bit more accustomed to them. More importantly, more places are starting to take it, which is kind of an interesting concept because, you know, when you're setting up a new infrastructure like that, if you don't have anybody that's taking it, you can believe in the the technology all you want. But if no one else is using it, it makes still makes it very hard to use. It's much like having an electric vehicle without enough chargers. So let's get into it. I'll start with cash, with some of the pros with cash. Cash is still king, in my opinion. Some people may disagree with that, but I mean, I think cash, if you have cash, people will certainly do business with you that I haven't seen anybody turn away cash and it's still king. So, I mean, a lot of, there's, there are still transactions in, in my life that I still prefer to make with cash, um, mainly because it's anonymous, right? I mean, cash, the one good thing about cash is there's no trail. If someone, whoever owns the note and exchanges it gets the value of that note at the time. So, and, and you know, in today's world, it's kind of weird that the dollar and the British pound have been so close together. Normally, that's not the case at all. So anyway, I, I digress a little bit. And, you know, it's still a physical reminder of how much money you have. So if you take a certain amount of money, if you take 100 bucks with you, and you're going to go have a nice weekend somewhere, once you're out of money, you're out of money. So it is a physical reminder because they are bills and coins that you're out of cash. So with uh, with a credit card and such, well, we'll get into that a little bit. I mean, it's, 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 you know, there's no, not that same kind of reminder. So what are some of the cons of cash? You know, some of the cons are if you lose it, it's gone because there is no paper trail. There's no way for you to prove that that was your hundred dollar bill or the $50 bill or $20 bill or whatever it is. If you find a bill on the street and you pick it up, it's now yours possession, you know, it means everything when it comes to cash. So if you lose it, it's gone. So you have to be very protective with it and you probably don't want to carry a whole lot with it because if you did lose it. It's just gone. There's just no. There's no way for us to un, to track it or be able to know whose it was. Uh, many places no longer take you know coin change. So I, I've actually seen some signs lately, especially since the uh, the pandemic, where you know there's been coin shortages and stuff. So if you do go in and pay cash, you maybe run the risk of some of these smaller mom and pop places if they can't get coin that they're going to round to the nearest dollar. And it may not always be in your favor. Now, some of them may round it down to your favor, but uh, I wouldn't count on it. So I'm seeing this more and more. It's kind of an interesting trend. But coins seem to be, for whatever reason, hard to get a hold of. So I still have a coin jar. Hopefully you do too. It's something I did when I was a kid. I've always had one. So 
Interesting. When I use cash, I always take my change, put it in my coin jar for later on. And then, you know, physical cash is dirty. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, if you, if you knew where cash was going, and if you think about some of the places that cash goes and who's touching it, no one's cleaning this stuff, right? It's, it's kind of a filthy medium for us to be changing over and over again. So make sure you keep washing your hands. So, I mean, that's cash, right? So everybody takes it. There's no tracking of it, and, but it can be physically dirty. So just be careful with that. <clears throat> now let's talk about credit and debit cards. Some of the pros there, you know, you're using other people's money. So if you're disciplined, you can use other people's money. Now, in the, in, in, this is the case of a credit card, right? I mean, if you're using a debit card, that's usually a pretty instant out of your account sort of deal. But with credit cards especially, you're using other people's money for a short period of time. And if you're disciplined enough to pay it back, then, you know, you're, you're basically using it for free. Now, if you hold it over like 25, 30 days, check your card's, you know, details about it. But if you hold it for so long then you're going to have to start paying interest on it. I mean, that's what they're hoping you do, right? You don't pay it back immediately. They make money off the transaction. Plus, they're going to make money off of you holding it and charging you interest going forward. So, you know, pay attention with that, but it is a pro. You can use other people's money for a short period of time. Now, debit card is going to be a little bit different. Uh, the second thing is that the, the transactions are usually insured by the issuing bank. I, I've seen many cards. You know, you may be responsible for the first, say, $50 or so, but if you do make a large transaction and something goes south with it or you need to return it or if there's fraud involved, normally they'll take the hit for you. But again, check your details on your card, but there is some insurance there that you can you can protect yourself from, from fraudulent transactions. But look into it. That is a pro. In my opinion, there is somebody that's looking out for you as you do that. Now, you may have to provide proof, so there it, it's not always just straightforward, but if you get a good card company, normally they'll reach out to you and say, hey, are you using your card right now? We don't think it's you. They're using a lot of um, algorithms to figure out how your spending patterns and stuff, which is kind of scary too. There's not that anonymity going forward. And a lot of times credit cards and debit cards are safer to carry than cash, right? Because you can cancel them pretty quick. If you have them set up with your bank or you can call your bank and say, hey, go ahead and cut off that credit card. They're usually pretty responsive to that. I mean, they've been playing this game for a long time. They don't want somebody else using your money either. They don't want to be liable for that. So usually they're pretty good about doing that. And plus it's safer than cash, right? Because if you're carrying a lot of cash, like I said before, there's no trail. There's no way to say, oh no, that was my money. So you don't want to carry large amounts. So credit cards help you with that. Some of the cons of credit card is if you don't pay it off monthly, you incur interest. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Interest goes both ways. I mean, you want to earn interest on your money the banks want to earn interest on their monies as well. So they, they issue these things expecting most people or not all people are going to pay it back on time. And that's how they make their money. They make them, they make money at the transaction. They usually charge the merchant for that. The merchant may pass, pass that fee on to you, but you don't see it. It's a little less transparent, but definitely if you hold their money for longer, they're going to charge you some interest. So pay attention to that. And with interest rates going up, you know, it could be more expensive to be able to do it that way. So make sure if you do use that card, you have something in the bank to be able to use it. Now, I understand if you're in a tight place, um, this is where an emergency fund would come in handy. And I know everybody doesn't have that emergency fund in, in place right now, but this is another reason why you want that. But anyway, you don't want to be able to pay interest. You don't want to use, you don't want it to cost money to pay for other things. Then the things you're buying are get a lot more expensive. So the other thing is there's really no multi-factor authentication. Now, a buddy of mine was trying to say, look, you know, even with a debit card, 
Normally you have to have a pin, but not all places act, look for pins, right? You can run a, even a debit card as a credit transaction or a debit transaction. So if I have the card, chances are I'm going to be able to use it somewhere. Now there might be some places that do ask for that pin, but normally I can deny that and just run it as a credit and it's going to run against you. So be careful with that. There's no true multi-factor protection. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more with the digital wallet. And then, you know, the transactions use your credit card number, not token. So uh, one, some of the big problems that we've had in the past, like with Target and some of the other places, is that when you use your credit card, if someone gets in the middle, the man in the middle gets, they're going to get your credit card number, your your three-digit code, all that kind of stuff. If they steal that information with your name and stuff, they'll be able to use that credit card in other places. This is another reason why you need to make sure you check your credit all the time. You need to keep track of those transactions and your spending plan. So this is one of the big in my opinion, cons to using a credit or debit card because the actual number on the card is being used to make the transaction. If that's not being taken care of, care of through third parties and all the other kind of stuff, you could be asking for trouble when there's a breach later down the line. So finally, now there's digital wallets. And let's talk about some of the pros of those. I mean, this is where you're using your phone and you can use those same credit cards and you can put them on your phone. There's, there's some tons of videos out there and, and there's like three major ecosystems for doing this. There's Apple pay, there's Google pay and there's Samsung pay. And I've seen a lot more merchants start to take at least those three going forward. There may be another standard that comes up, but those are the big ones. So if typically if you have an iPhone, you're probably going to use Apple pay. And if you have a Google device, you're probably, or an Android device, you're going to use Google pay. And if, and of course, if you're loyal to the Samsung ecosystem, you're probably using Samsung pay. So it depends on where you are, what devices you you provide, but they all do basically the same thing. So the one pro is you only need your mobile. I mean, theoretically, you don't need to even carry a physical wallet anymore. If you, as long as you're going to places that take that uh, that electronic payment system from your digital wallet, then you're fine. I mean, that's great. You know, so if you if you even leave your wallet at home, I even left my wallet at home the other day. I couldn't get. I didn't think I was going to be able to get breakfast, but since they did take Apple Pay. I was able to do it. So I have an iPhone. So typically I use the Apple pay feature going forward. Another pro is it's not just your credit cards. You can carry a lot more things in there. Insurance cards. You can carry event tickets. When I got uh, tickets to go see an NFL game, I was able to put it in there. Now MLB has their own app right now, but you're seeing more and more venues. You can scan that in. And there's even some States now where you can put your state ID in there. You don't have to carry your physical state ID anymore. So that's kind of cool. Your driver's license or state ID. Uh, more and more states, I'm sure, are going to start adopting that going forward. I mean, I do carry insurance cards, so you don't have to have a find physical insurance card when you're, hopefully you don't get pulled over. But if you ever do have to get pulled over and provide insurance, or if you're getting your car inspected, you know, you have to provide insurance. You can do that now with your mobile phone, something you're going to probably have with you more times than not anyway. The next thing is it uses multi-factor authentication, right? So it's going to be something you have, but it's going to use like, you know, like a face ID or you're going to have a touch. There's going to be some sort of biometric that it's going to be able to use. That puts on another layer of security. And, and that's great because even if somebody gets your phone, chances are you're going to have a pen or using face ID. They're going to have to be able to get in the phone. Then they're going to have to do the transaction. And then they're going to have to do that again. So there's multiple layers that are getting put on that. That's multi-factor authentication. And maybe I'll do a show about that one time to kind of dig down on multi-factor. But the more security layers you have, the less likely someone's going to be able to use your card, you know, without your knowledge. So I think that's a very good thing. It's one of the reasons why I'm starting to use my digital wallet a little bit more. And finally, 
those transactions use tokens and mask your actual credit card number. So they're not taking your credit card number and, and doing anything with it. They're putting in this encryption. They're, they're putting a token in place and it substitutes for you, but it's like a one-time transaction. So even if they were to get that, they wouldn't be able to use it again because it's only good for one transaction. So this is yet another layer of security. Now you do have to trust these ecosystems. I mean, we haven't heard any major breaches on those just yet, but I mean, there is some faith that's going on and I think it's going to take some time because I think each one of these payment methods has their place. But I think this is a big one because we're, again, we're adding another layer of security and I think adding another layer of security is always a good thing, especially when it comes to your money. I mean, a lot of us don't have a lot of it and we want to make sure we protect it and it's getting used the way we want to. Now, what are some of the cons for digital wallets? You know, not all retailers support the e-pay options yet. So I still go into places and they still have the scanner. You can use your credit card and they use like a chip system, but they still, they're not set up because I think they, there is an additional cost for them to be able to take that. So some merchants may be hesitant to do that. But I think more and more over time, as it becomes more and more popular and people demand it, I think you're going to see it happen in more and more places. I've, I've been in places where, you know, one month they didn't have it and the next month they did. Normally they're updating their their terminals right there to get like a near field uh, NFC, what they call NFC. That's what your phone uses to kind of relay the information to it. So you don't have to physically touch it, a near field communication. And, you know, that transaction happens. So it's also more sanitary, right? So... I mean, just think about that going forward. But not not everybody does that. So you have to be mindful of that. So if you still go to places, you may still have to take out a credit card or use some cash going forward, depending on where the places you is. You know, it does not work if you lose your phone or run out of battery, right? So this is a little bit of a no-brainer. Maybe it's a little bit obvious. But, you know, if your phone is not charged and you're relying on that digital wallet on your phone, you know, you may be able to use your watch. If you have a digital watch, you may be able to do that. I know a lot of watches can do that. The Apple Watch will do that. Uh, but if you do run out of power or if you lose your phone, you're going to be kind of out of luck. So make sure you do be careful with that. You got to safeguard your phone even more. It becomes even more valuable to you. Not that it wasn't already valuable for all your communications going forward. And then you're going to kind of have to need to pick your ecosystem. I think theoretically you could probably play in all of them. You could do Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Samsung. I guess if you have different devices in your family. But chances are you're probably going to want to pick one. Right. And you're going to want to kind of stick with it. And then you can use some of the other ones like PayPal or Venmo if you're going to do some personal type transactions. But this is more of a digital wallet. This episode is about digital wallet, but you can also have those apps on there as well. So if you have a buddy or if you want to split payments, I know ePay is getting into that now where you can split those payments up. And they even have some options now, I think, where you can pay in installments. If you have certain credit cards, you can do that as well. So in recap, you know, there's still three major ways to pay. You got cash and I think cash, well, there's four. If you count bartering, there's bartering, there's cash, there's credit and debit cards. Those are the physical cards, but they're going to use their, their own numbers to be able to do that. And then there's the digital wallet. What do you think about the digital wallet? Why don't you reach out to me? You can find me at townleyticket, gmail.com. You can find me on the website, seantownley.com and find me on LinkedIn. Also, I do, I do have a Twitter account. I'm at Sean Townley, so if you want to get a hold of me there, maybe I should start promoting that a little bit more. Maybe I'll get some more feedback there. So let me know. How do you feel about digital wallets? Do you use them already? Are you still skeptical of them? I would love to hear your feedback. Please let me know. Until next time.